Blog Talk Radio.
your name alone is worthy of all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. We don't even know yet all the honor that you deserve. But we know that a multitude of heaven and innumerable hosts will cry out for eternity, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to, is to come. Worthy is the Lamb who was able to open the scrolls. Holy Spirit, we commit this broadcast to you for the next two hours, asking, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in it, that you would magnify and glorify the name of Jesus. Father God, if there's anybody listening to the sound of our voice tonight, Father, who doesn't know you, Lord, we ask, Father, nothing more than you would reveal yourself to them. Father, that you would demonstrate to them, reveal to their hearts the vastness of your love toward them, Lord. Open their spiritual eyes, open their hearts, Father, so they can receive you. Reveal the truth of Jesus Christ to them. Lord, for anybody out there who's listening, who is in need of any kind of healing, Father, we trust your word. This is by your stripes we are healed. Where you also said, if we know that you hear us, we know we have the petitions we ask of you. Father, you said if we just have the faith of a size of a mustard seed, we can command a mountain to be removed and cast in the sea and wood. And you said if two or more of us are gathered concerning anything, you're there in the midst. Jesus, you said, if we ask anything in your name, you'll do it. So, Father, for all those out there, Lord, who need healing, Father, in your name, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask complete and total healing over them, Lord. Father, be glorified in every word that is spoken tonight. For your word says, the words that come from your mouth will not return to your void, but will accomplish that for which you sent them. You said that you will complete the work that you have started in us, you will complete until the day of Christ. So, Father, we honor you with this broadcast, Lord. We lay our lives down before you, Father, offering you the sacrifice of praise, for you alone are worthy of it. So, um, so right now it's me and Paul. Uh, we're going to get into um, praying for some of the nations in a little bit. You there, Paul? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so I, um, something um, one of our um, good friends, um, John Aaron, John Lee, who is uh, Chris Herzog's pastor, had a post on his Facebook, and um, he pretty much asked the question, um, "What are we really saved from?" And it caused me to think about it um, all yesterday and all today um, to really, really think about it. Because, um, you know, a lot of times in our lives we don't really stop to think. Um, someone once told me a really long time ago that if you take a person and you sit them in a closet in the dark 
usually they can't stay there for too long because the silence sort of creeps them out, um, which sometimes is sort of true because it makes you stop and think um, when your eyes aren't distracted by the television and the radio and whatever else there is in life. Um, I, like everybody, um, I have children and a family and um, having any free time just to stop and think is um, a rarity. I know there's been more than once I've been driving in my car, even listening to worship music, and um, the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart my heart to turn off the worship music, as ironic that sounds, and use my own voice to sing to Him or to worship Him or just to sit in quietness um, and spend time with Him. Because sometimes even you can be listening to music and it can be a distraction. Um, which is interesting because um, the Lord impressed upon my heart that you know sometimes He wants to hear your own voice, and He because um, He so longs for communion with us and relationship with us. And um, you know that whole question: What are we really safe from? Um, we could go through countless scriptures about how He delivered us from the powers of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love how it says that he has made us accepted into the love, how it says that we have been adopted to the family of Christ and that, like it says in Ephesians, we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. And um, how he's delivered us from the power of sin, from the power of death, how the blood of Jesus has broken the power of sin over our lives. Um, but, you know, the verse that came to mind, I was um, writing a daily, one of our daily devotionals um, earlier um, this afternoon, and one of the verses that um, really got to me was in, um, I think it was Romans. Um, hold on, let me find it. Nope, it wasn't. It was Ephesians chapter 2. And Ephesians just have to, happens to be like one of my favorite um, books in the entire Bible. But, you know, this first um, verse um, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, and which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You know, twice in such a short um, passage, it says, he made us alive. 
and it sort of brings back to memory um, when God formed Adam of the dust of the ground and he breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living being and through uh, sin and disobedience um, that spiritual man died it's a part of us that had the ability to have communion with God to recognize God, to hear his voice, to recognize his presence, to actually um, be worshipers in spirit and in truth. And when we trusted him with our life, made him our Lord and Savior, he made us alive again, just as if he breathed into us one more time the breath of life. And we became new creations in Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Bible talks about baptism being um, buried with sin and raised into the newness of life, which is really what we are, which we don't realize it. Um, we're sort of, in some ways, a new species in Christ Jesus. Compared to the world um, It may not appear that way when you walk outside And you see everybody Because everybody pretty much looks the same But the difference is the spirit of God The difference is the relationship The knowledge The fact that our spiritual eyes Our spiritual ears have been opened The fact that we have a restored relationship with God Where the Bible says To come boldly to the throne of grace In which we are accepted into a time of need You know after Um the fall of man and sin When man was separated from God There was only one man once a year Who could go into the presence Of the king of kings One man who could go into the presence of God And that was just once a year But Christ Jesus has Made a way Has destroyed the Barrier, the veil and made and gave us all open access into the presence of the Father. To give all of us the ability to have an actual communion, an actual relationship with God. You know, someone told me once the scary thing about hell, which we all believe is a real place. But someone once told me the scary thing about hell wasn't the fact that there's eternal fires or anything else, but it's the fact that the lack of the presence of God, the lack of a relationship with God, the inability to sense his presence anymore. And I'm thoroughly convinced that no person on the face of this planet, whether they knew God or not, has ever been without the presence of God because the Bible says, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? And so I think, um, in a way, what we're really safe from is the lack of knowledge, in a way. Um, because now we know him, and before we didn't. And, you know, the Bible says, by him and through him all things exist, all things consist, all things have their meaning. Without him, there is no meaning to anything. Um, what's the point of going to heaven? If he's not there, what's the point of um, this life without him? Because it's because of him, everything exists. 
our very breath, our very life, every heartbeat, every breath that comes out of our mouth is because of Jesus Christ. And, you know, some people choose to walk in their flesh. Some people choose to um, walk without him. But I could tell you I couldn't imagine ever going back to what it was like before I knew him, where I didn't have the knowledge of God. You know, the Bible says that um, as in the days of Noah, so will the end times be where men forgot about God. Um, he always um, gave them festivals and feasts and um, and holy days so that they would remember. He was always saying, remember, remember, remember. Because if we don't remember, if we don't force ourselves to remember the good things of God, if we don't force ourselves to remember his grace and his mercy, then sooner or later the world will forget what they've done it before and they're going to do it and they're doing it again, constantly striving to remove every ounce of the knowledge of the Lord from the face of this earth. But yet in those of us who have known him, there's an incorruptible seed that's been placed in our life when our eyes were opened. And so I think the thing that we're really saved from, like I was saying, is not necessarily saved from hell, but saved from the consequence of the inability to know him, the inability to have a relationship with him. Um, you know, you may be out there tonight and you may not know anything about God. Um, you may have never heard the name of Jesus. But all of us here at Prayer International Radio can tell you, um, we can all attest to how it really is, not just because of the signs and wonders, not just because we've seen um, God do amazing things in people's lives, because, but because we know him. As the Bible says, I know in whom I have believed. Um, every one of us have, have a relationship with him. And, um, you know, the Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. And so if you don't know him, it doesn't really matter um, too much whether how much you really believe about him. But, you know, give him a shot. Trust him with your heart. Um, ask him to reveal himself to you, and he will. You know, the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. And, you know, the Bible says that pretty much it wouldn't, even if it was just one person, which would be you and me and everybody else, um, Jesus said if he had a hundred sheep and there was one who went astray, he would go after the one. And the Bible says there is the rejoicing in heaven when one sinner is saved. And so for all of you out there who are listening um, who don't know the Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you to reveal yourself to these, Father. Open their eyes and let them see you, Father. Open their hearts and let them understand, Father. Jesus, reveal your love to them. Father, for any of those out there who maybe knew you at once and walked away, Father, or maybe their lives turned out one way or the other, Father, and they haven't um, had the fullness of a relationship with you, Father, Lord, we ask that you would draw them back into your presence, Father. Draw them back to you, Father. You said to draw near to me and I will draw near to you, Lord. 
Your word also declares that you know the thoughts that you have for us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. Jesus said, Jesus, you said that you're the good shepherd. You said that you're the way, you're the truth, and the life. So, Father, reveal to them once again their first love, Father. Reveal to them once again the goodness of your presence, the goodness of your embrace, Father. Reveal to them once again what it's like to be in your presence, Lord. Our call in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, um, give us a call. We're going to um, take a really quick break, and we'll be right back. Oh 
actually, let me rephrase that. If you're believing and expecting God for something, if you're trusting in the Lord for something, or if you need to trust in the Lord for something, something small or something really, really big, um, call us, because the Bible says if two or more are gathered together, then I am there in the midst. Um, the Bible talks a lot about um, us coming together in agreement. And so we're here to pray for you, um, no matter how big or how small it is. Um, but we trust the Lord to be able to do um, everything he said he could to fulfill his work. You know, Jesus said in my name, you'll um, cast out demons. You'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You'll cleanse the lepers. It says you'll raise the dead. Um, and I know very well that um, Christians still do all four of those. Um, so whatever you need tonight, um, give us a call. And we'll pray for you. Um, so um, a couple things of this of importance is we have a habit um, of every night um, lifting up one or two nations before the Lord, um, because the Bible says we, that He hears us, and we have the ability, just like Abraham, to intercede on behalf of nations and kingdoms in His name and to create change. And, you know, Jesus said to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up laborers um, because the fields are white and ready for harvest. And there's um, a multitude of people who don't know him out there, and but they're ready to. And so we're constantly interceding, um, constantly praying for the Lord to raise up men, women, and children um, to go out into the fields, to go out even in their home cities and their hometowns to boldly preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so um, Paul told me what nation it was, but I forgot. So what nation are we doing tonight, Paul? Are you there? We are going... We are going to pray for Antigua and Barbuda. Um, they're the twin islands, St. John's, lying between the Caribbean Sea and the Atlantic Ocean, um, known as Antigua, Barbuda. A um, number of smaller islands. Great Bird, Green, Guinea, Long, Maine, and York Islands to the further south, and the island of Redonda. Um, the capital, largest port city is St. John's on Antigua. Um, I wanted to look down here a second. But they're out there in the middle of the Caribbean Sea. Um, have you ever been to the St. John's Islands? Or you hear a lot of people talk about St. John's. Um, it's pretty neat. Beautiful. Um, so, let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord God, we thank you by the blood of Jesus, Lord God, that we have a blood-bought right to lift up your name. Father, we thank you that you exalt your word over yourself. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are God, that you are not a man that you shall lie, that every word that proceeds from your mouth, that it shall prosper in the things that you send it, and it will not return void. We thank you, Father, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under earth. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that you choose us at Prayer International as a point of contact to stand in the gap As I read your word, Heavenly Father, Jesus said to us, John fourteen twelve, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Why is that? It says, Because I go unto my Father. says, if you shall ask anything in my name, then I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, said Jesus, and he shall give you another comforter, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as thou so prosper. Father, we thank you that you give us this opportunity to pray over St. John's, Antigua, Barbuda. Heavenly Father, we stand in the gap. We pray for these islands, these twin islands, Heavenly Father. Your word says that whatever we ask, that it shall be done. Heavenly Father, we ask you that you send your angels to these twin islands. We ask, Father, that these angels be broadcasted by the God positioning sensors that your angels will provide shelter upon the wings of an eagle from these islands. Lord God, that you shall provide them love, peace, joy. Heavenly Father, that you shall save the lost in the name of Jesus. Your word says in Isaiah 43, verses 4 through 7, 
as the Lord spoke to Pastor Larry Lee. It says, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored. And I have loved you. Therefore, I will give you men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring you descendants from the east and gather them for you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, don't keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Anyone is called by my name whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him, yes. I have made him. Lord God, for your children in these twin islands, for the lost. Your word says, Father, to receive God's gift of forgiveness, eternal life, for peace, love, and Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. The Bible promises that if we turn from our ways and we follow and trust Jesus and invite him, Jesus, into our hearts, that your precious son, Jesus, will forgive us of our sins and make all of us a new person. For those of you listening, for those of you that may be listening, that may be listening to a rebroadcast, if you'll just repeat these simple words, you will be made whole and new, says the Father. Father God in heaven, Thank you for your son, Jesus. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I need a savior. Jesus, son of God, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. Please forgive me of my sins. I turn to you, Jesus, precious Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me the person you want me to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, for those of you listening, Prayer International has a passion to reach out to the lost. As one point, we were all lost, and we know what God has done in our life. And every day, it's a work. There's a goal. There's we we have every day that we have to. Strap on our boots and put our best foot forward 
to walk in righteousness. You know, the Lord's Prayer says, Hallowed, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And as we call unto God, we ask him to give us this day our daily bread. For us to be in the will of God. To believe it's God's will for him to prosper us. We ask that he forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we ask God to forgive us. We ask for God daily to forgive others as we reach out, establishing a footprint in every nation to all 205 sovereign nations and non-sovereign. The word declares that if we call things that be not as though they are, and we have enough faith, just enough faith is a mustard grain seed, that whatever we ask for, God will establish it. As we reach out to prayer partners, as we reach out in prayer, praying for countries, for the lost, for the lost, for the one lost sheep, for the one lost sheep drinking vodka, I command in the name of Jesus that that stronghold be broken. In the name of Jesus. The awesome thing about Jesus and the Holy Spirit is when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you will no longer enjoy that vodka. You may still drink it, but you won't no longer enjoy it. It will be something of the past. And as I'm reading the chat, we have one person in the chat room that's lost. And I would say to you, Ask God for forgiveness. Repent. What does repent mean? It means to make a 100-degree turnaround, to walk the other way, to ask God to intervene, to ask Jesus to be your advocate. As we all know, God is a sovereign God. Where Satan is piling up all this garbage, all these sins against us. Jesus is standing in the gap as your advocate, playing to God. But God, guess 333, he did drink vodka. But he repented. He confessed his sins, Heavenly Father. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned 
and all fall short for the glory of God. That the wages, the consequences of drinking vodka, of sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's what Scripture says in Romans six twenty three. As you're listening, we ask God to give you ears to hear. Three three three. If we confess our sins, that God is so faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what John first John one nine says. The beautiful part about it is, as Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John fourteen six. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. As you sit there and you consider the consequences of drinking that vodka, I ask God to send his Holy Spirit, his angels, to where you are, that he holds you in his hands, that his angels minister to you. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him, Jesus, from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. We are all sinners. But one thing I can tell you, no matter what your sin is, and there's a library list of sin, Jesus will forgive you. I haven't quite figured out how, since obesity is a sin, there's so much so many people in the church are overweight. They have the gift of tongues. And you have to ask yourself, are they feeling pot roast or holy ghost? Because it's a sin. It's no different than you drinking vodka. As I tell them in Sunday school. While they sit there and point their finger at the alcoholic on the corner and won't even give them a nickel, which is all of God's, they sit there and condemn him if they drive by turning left to the intersection eating that double water burger with cheese. Hallelujah. So, while they sit there and gossip about Betty Sue, on the telephone all day, eating their desserts, that's an abomination of God. We minister to men from Team Challenge. And these guys all have bumps in their history. 
as I'm reading this this in the screen room here in the um, chat room, our listeners now cleaning their keyboard off. They're using the vacuum now to clean the keyboard on their computer. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell you what, well, it's not going to taste good now, I guarantee you. It's going to taste like dusty vodka. Hallelujah. I, I, you know, we serve an awesome God that if he can take someone from drinking great goose vodka and the Holy Spirit convict them and has them start using it to clean their keyboards on their computer. We serve an awesome God, do we not, Sean? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, I look forward to hearing from my brother Christopher Herzog. We all have messes in our life. God uses us to share our messes, to send a message that, hey, um, for anyone that knows me, to know that I'm out preaching the gospel to 205 nations across the globe, okay, um, that's a miracle. We serve a miracle God. God, I can tell you that I went. I was invited to go to a Christmas Eve service in 2007. The gentleman that invited me to go, I was very angry. Um, I just signed a contract to go work for him. And just on December 14, 2007, um, we celebrated. Um, we can get a little Catholic here. We had confession. Uh, we're, we're going through confession. We're at the window right now. Um, but we went and got us a sack of drugs because we was going to celebrate that we was going to go to to a Christmas Eve service. You know, we didn't know any better. We was completely blind, as blind as Ray Charles. And um, when we got there, we were so high, we had to fly it in a helicopter. And I can guarantee you, God hung me on the cross. It was the most miserable experience I've ever had going to a church service higher than a kite. Um, I have never touched drugs since 2007, December 24th. Um, hallelujah. So, um, that's Jesus at work. By the blood of Jesus, we have a blood-bought right. Hallelujah. Um, and and I'm talking about years of it. So if you're out there and you're listening, call on Jesus. Call unto Jesus. I have friends and lots of friends that um, we've led to the Lord and God's cleaned them. Just like that box is cleaning that keyboard. For your computer. So, um, whatever BRB means, hallelujah. Well, Sean? You know, it's funny because um, earlier today I was um, spending time with the Lord and I was actually um, 
trying to figure stuff out. Um, because you know we all know the Lord, but um, you know we always want the Holy Spirit to illuminate Scripture to us and to reveal things to us. And you know, I, I always will think that there's so many Scriptures that we read and we never fully grasp the meaning of them. And um, I honestly have no idea what it is Chris is going to talk about later. Uh, we'll have to see when it gets on. But you know, um, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, about um, repentance and asking Jesus to forgive us for our sins. Because, you know, the Bible says to be holy as I am holy. And um, Jesus told many people, um, I can, well, I can think of at least one, where he told them to go and sin no more. Um, and, you know, it seems it, it's one of those, like, contentious debates among um, Christians about sin. But, you know, the Bible says, not me, the Bible, not Paul, the Bible. It says that, where's it at? It says in um, Romans 6, you know, I'm going to read some of this. It says, uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin any longer live in it? And I think one problem um, that Christians face sometimes is they don't really understand that they were, Born, they were. They understand they were born again, and they gave Jesus um, their trust as far as Him being their Savior. But they've never actually fully grasped what it was like to make Him their Lord, and to turn over every part of their life over to Him. Um, verse three says, "Or do you not know that many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death." That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your moral body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Paul said, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented yourself as slaves of uncleanliness 
and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness to holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and in the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, it says again in, um, in Galatians, um, and something I was talking to the Lord about is, you know, how does how does this work with the blood of Jesus? And, and I know there's many people out there um, who still struggle because, you know, um, we get saved and we're not perfect from the time we get saved, but the Father presents us as perfect before the Father. And he constantly does the work in our lives, changing us and shaping us. And the things of our old lives slowly start to fade away that we don't want to do them anymore because we have a new heart placed in us. And I was asking the Lord about this, and the one verse he kept bringing up was in Galatians um, chapter 5, where it says, um, verse 16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, hearsays, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. But you know that verse, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Which you know is something that it says in Romans chapter 8. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And what it means is those who don't follow just the desires of their flesh, who aren't led by their flesh, who don't do things just because it feels good or because they want to, but they're led by the Spirit of God. And they're constantly submitting themselves and submitting their heart and submitting their lives to God and being led by the Holy Spirit. And it says, um, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. Which is pretty much the laws that say, don't do this, don't do this. But our flesh was weak and couldn't do it. It said, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. 
But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. If indeed we suffer Him, suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You know, um, Paul wasn't talking to the sinners when he wrote that. He was talking to the church. And, you know... Thanks be to God that we have an advocate with Jesus Christ the righteous. And First John says, if anyone sins, he can come to the Father and to be forgiven. It says we confess our sins, he is faithful and just forgives our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we need to be ever mindful to be to to walk in the Spirit and to be walking in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit of God and not be led by our flesh. Because the world out there can't discern the Spirit of God. But we can. And um, so this is um, Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We're going to um, go into a quick break real fast, and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Alright, well, welcome back. Sorry about that, my phone was muted. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. And uh, Sean is actually stepping off the platform tonight, but Paul and I will continue to host the show till the midnight hour. And again, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in and supporting us with your prayers and your offerings and just tuning in with a listening ear. If you need to call in, the call-in number is 619-638-8458. You can also check out the website. It's www.prayerinternational.org. And if you want to reach us by email, we're at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And just to let you know, we've made some updates, or actually Sean has made some updates and improvements on the website and just want you guys to check that out. Feel free to get in there and check out our devotional page. Uh, we've also made some updates with our live chat. And we now have a message board if you want to get in there and put some comments in as well. Of course, we always have our prayer request page and uh, other links you can go to. So uh, with that being said, I'd like to open up this part of the broadcast just Go to the Lord in a word of prayer and just see where the Holy Spirit takes us. So, Father God, Lord, tonight we just join you, Lord, and we're about your business, Father. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you, Lord, and we can call you, Father, Lord. We thank you that you are an ever-present help in time of need. Father, right now we just ask, Lord God, that you would open up the hearts Open up the spirits of every man, every woman listening, that their spiritual eyes would be open, that their spiritual ears would be attentive. Father, you said that your sheep hear your voice and the voice of a stranger. They will not follow. Father, tonight we just pray, Lord, as we take liberty on this platform, Lord, we ask, Father God, that they would hear your voice. Lord, they don't need to hear the voice of man. They don't need to hear our opinions. Father, they need to hear the word of the Lord. We all need to hear the word of the Lord. So, Father, we pray, Lord, speak through us tonight. Lord, we pray, touch the hearts of everybody, Lord. And, Father, I pray, Lord God, just begin to draw your intercessors, begin to draw your people of prayer to prayer international, Father, that we can raise up prayer warriors all over the nations. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would send intercessors from every nation, from every tribe, every kindred of people, Father, from the four quarters of the earth. Father, we call them from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west to come in. And, Father, we thank you for the harvest that's coming in in this end time. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to declare your word to the harvest. Father, we pray that your salvation would go out to every home. In America, Father, that your salvation would go forth to every home around the globe. Father, that your glory would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Father, that your knowledge, the knowledge of the Lord, would also cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Lord, let your glory come. Let your kingdom come and your will be done, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Paul? Yes, sir. 
All right, just making sure you're still with me. Well, I, I'm at the uh, helm. Just talk to you here at the helm. I'm at the helm. Amen. Well, do you have anything to share, or do you do you mind if I roll with it for a little bit? I don't I don't know uh, really where you and Sean were at uh, tonight. I kind of from about eleven o'clock on. I've been with you guys uh, either listening or in the in the queue. So. Um, if if you don't mind, man, I was just going to share a little bit about prayer. Uh, we've got a couple more days till we go into February. And I really wanted to just, as a first fruit offering for this month, just continue to uh, build everybody up and help encourage them and equip them, instruct them in righteousness. Amen. You know, the Bible says the word of God uh, the Word of God is for our benefit. The Word of God is given to us uh, for instruction, for correction. Okay, there's there's many different reasons that the Word of God is given to us. One of those reasons is to build us up, to train us up in righteousness, and to bring us to a place of maturity. Okay, where we can begin to distinguish the the voice of the Lord. In the will of the Lord In the direction of the Lord And unless you have the word of God Implanted in your heart Unless you have the word of God As your compass through life It's going to be very hard To distinguish the word of the Lord See when God speaks to us It always lines up with scripture The Holy Spirit Jesus and the Father They're all one So when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us Okay The Father's plan when the Holy Spirit is revealing to us the Father's heart, when the Holy Spirit is revealing to us our assignment or, or the instructions that the Father has given for our lives, it's always going to thread and, and, and outline scriptures. The scripture and the word of the Lord is always going to be a framework for what we're hearing and a framework for the leading in the direction of the Lord. So anytime you're feeling or hearing something that is contrary to the Word of God or it opposes the Word of God or it tries to exalt itself or or exemplify knowledge above the Word of God, we're instructed to cast down every vain imagination. The Word of God instructs us, it teaches us, it commands us to cast down every vain imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And the way we do that is we need to have the, the Word of God. See, the Bible says that when we behold and we look into the perfect law of liberty, making reference to the Word of God, when we look into the Word, when we read the Bible, it says that it's like beholding our face in the mirror. It shows us who we really are. It gives us a reflection not only of God and Christ, but it gives us a reflection of ourselves. And it begins to show you, as you get into the Word of God, it will begin to show you how much of you is really given over to God and how much of you is given over to yourself and how much of yourself is given over to the devil. When you get into the Word of the Lord, the Bible says the Word of God is sharp and it's powerful 
sharper than the two-edged sword. It separates and it judges. It separates the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Listen, the Word of God separates the thoughts. And the intent, this is Hebrews 4.12. Listen, it's living and active. So right there it tells you the Word of God is not just Scripture. It's not just black and white on a page. Okay, sometimes it's red and white. But the Word of God is living and active. It's alive. The words of God are God-breathed. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. That means you can take it, and it can be the foundation of the doctrine for your life. You can take Scripture, and it can reprove it can reprove the things in your life. You can take scripture and it can bring correction. When something's not right, when something's out of alignment, something in your life is misaligned or misguided, you can take the scripture and it will correct. It will reprove. It will align things in your life. And of course, it's for instruction. So God gives us his instructions through his word. Now, for some of you, you're thinking, okay, this is basic milk teaching. Listen, the Bible says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And if you're not founded in the word of God, you're not going to be able to do much. If you don't understand who you are and who God is and and what he's called you to do, there's not much you're going to do. But Hebrews says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Go to Hebrews 11. And you'll see that the worlds, God framed the earth. He framed the worlds by the word of God that came out of his mouth. Okay, in the same like manner, we frame our worlds. The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue, Proverbs. And those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And that means whenever you speak, whenever you declare, whenever you say things, good or bad, those words go out into the earth. With creative force. See, the Bible says that you're created in the image of God. And God created things with the power of the spoken word. And you're created in the same manner that God is, your spirit. And the way that you create and the way things are created in your world is through your words. And that's why it's very important that we get the word of God in our hearts. See, David said in the Psalms, Lord, and so I want to say, I hide your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. I hide your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Psalm 119.11. Okay, well, why do we hide his word in our hearts? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, the Bible says, so he is. That means whatever you're thinking Whatever you're meditating on, whatever you're dwelling on, whatever you've got your focus and your attention on, that's what is you're going to become that. You're going to think that. It's, it's going to get in you. It's going to become part of your DNA, so to speak. And it will begin to affect everything in your life and around your life. That's why it's very important. That's why God says, don't let any evil thing come before your eyes. Meditate on my law day and night. What does Joshua 1.8 say? 
Don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, and you shall be prosperous and have a good success. Okay? If you meditate on the word of the Lord day and night, it's hard for the other things to get into your mind and for the other things, the other voices and the other thoughts to get into your heart. Because, see, once they get into your heart, then you begin to think and you begin to dwell and meditate. And it, just like it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. From the overflow of the heart, the Bible says the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. That's why it's very important to get the word of the Lord in your heart. Because if you hide the word of the Lord in your heart, then the word of the Lord is going to come out of your mouth. And not only when you're praying. See, the funny thing is, is we think, because we can pick up a Bible or a Bible promise book and start reading down the page and quoting scriptures, that automatically our prayers are going to get answered. But how is it that 90% of the day we can dwell on the negative and talk about how sick we are and how broke we are and how we can't pay our bills and how this and that is going wrong, and then maybe, maybe 10% or more than likely probably 1% or half a percent of our day, we go to God in prayer, and we say, oh, God, heal me. Oh, God, provide for me. Oh, God, turn this person's life around. But then the other 99% of the day, we're saying, oh, I'm so broke. Oh, I'm so sick and tired. Oh, that guy's such a jerk. He, he's hopeless. He's never going to get saved. What are we doing? See, we're confessing the report of man. We're confessing the negative report. We're lining up with the negative. The negative is coming out of our mouth, and the negative is getting in our heart, and the negative is making up 99% of who we are. And then we think we can come to God in a religious devotion, and 1% of our day pray a little prayer or, or quote a little scripture, and all of a sudden it's going to be magic, peace, everything's great. The Bible says that whatever you speak, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Whatever's in the heart comes out of the mouth, and whatever comes out of your mouth comes into your life. Jesus says you can have whatsoever things you say, whatsoever things you believe, you can say to this mountain, be cast off into the sea, and it will. But he said you can have whatsoever things you say. If you study that scripture, he says you can have whatsoever things you say. He didn't say you can have whatever I say. He said, you can have whatever you say. So you need to be careful what you're saying. You need to be careful what you're meditating on. You need to be careful what you're hiding in your heart. Because it ultimately is coming out of your mouth, and it ultimately is framing your world. It's, it's bringing you exactly what you're asking for. And then you wonder why your prayers don't get answered. This is why. The book of James, chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. We're going to go there for a minute. I want you to get this. I may have to back up the six. It's James chapter one. It says this that a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Give me a second while I'm turning there. I do not have my computer up tonight, so um I'll I'll try to here in a minute, but I just want to finish with my flow first. Just a second here. Thank you. 
to get to Hebrews. All right, all right. So Hebrews and James. Okay, James chapter one. It says this. We'll just go back to five. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. It gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given. Okay, so right there he says, if you lack something, in this case it's wisdom, but there's a principle here. If you lack something, ask God, because God gives liberally. Okay? So if you're lacking something in your life, ask for it. Jesus says you have not because you ask not. Okay, so let me continue. I just wanted to share that real quick. This is really what I was getting to, though. James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, not doubting. For he that wavereth or he that doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What is he saying? You can't sit around and say, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Oh, God, heal me. And expect to receive anything from the Lord. You can't run around and say, he's a jerk, he's a jerk, he's a jerk. Oh, God, please save him. And expect to receive anything from the Lord. You can't run around and say, oh, I'm so broke. I'm never going to get my bills paid. Oh, I'm so sick and so tired. And expect anything to go right because you're not going to get anything from the Lord with that kind of attitude. He that comes to God must believe that he is. You've got to believe. You've got to believe that he is. Who, who is he? He is everything he says he is. If he says he's your provider, well, he's your provider. If he says he's your healer, well, just accept it by faith. That's why you have to have faith like a child. You just have to believe it. Just accept it. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Well, who is he? Everything that he says he is in his life, that's who he is. Why? He's not a liar. Why? He's not a man, first of all. So do not be double-minded. Don't get a double confession. Don't say one thing and then pray another. Because it's hypocritical and God says you're not going to get anything. That's not faith. That's religious. Garbage. Paul called it dung. Anything that wasn't Jesus to him was done. It can look as religious as you want it to look. But if you're not confessing Christ, and you're not exemplifying Christ, and you're not preaching and praying the words of Christ, and you're not speaking the words of life to people, which are the words of Christ, then everything that's coming out of you is done. And if that offends you, take it to God. Go to the word of the Lord. And argue with the word of the Lord. See, we're here to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice, a sweet-smelling incense unto God. God's not in the dung business. He's in the sweet incense business. He's not into religion. Why? It stinks. But see, people that are filled with the Spirit, people that are filled with the fruit and the life of God, they've got a, a fragrance about them. You can smell them a mile off, and I don't mean in a bad way. But there's something about them that's appealing, it's attracting, it, it's it's magnetic, it draws you. When you really see the spirit of God and the, and the fruit of Christ in somebody's life. But you know what? Religion repels. Hypocrisy repels. 
there's nothing like somebody saying one thing and doing another, talking out both sides of their mouth. That's for the heathen, not for the Christians. Unfortunately, the church has adopted that a lot better than the world. And it's sad to say. But the church has adopted that concept more so than the world. The church as a whole are some of the best gossips. Talking about, oh, brother, we need to pray for so-and-so. This is what they're doing. Well, now you've just gossiped. Why don't you pray for them in your prayer closet and not tell anybody about it? And let the Lord take care of it. That's what Jesus says to do. Go to your Father which is in secret. And then when you pray in secret, your Father will reward you openly. Not that you can't pray openly, but there's a time and a place. So not to harp on that, but I just wanted to say this. You've got to start out with a foundation in the word of the Lord. You've got to begin to get the word of the Lord in your heart. Meditate. See, the word of the Lord teaches two things. It teaches the person of Jesus, and it teaches the principles of Jesus. You can have the person of Jesus just by confessing Jesus with your mouth and receiving him in your heart. But then you go through life and wonder why you're sick and wonder why you're poor wonder why nothing goes right. Because you're not working the principles. You're not keeping his word. You're not obeying his commandments. Well, you've got to know what they are in order to obey them. You've got to know which way is right in order to go right. So it's very important that you have a foundation in the word of the Lord. And again, this might be milk. It might be basic for some of you, but you know, why, why 30, 40 years into your Christianity are you still having the same problems? It's because you're not working the principles. I know I've, I've tried it that way. Oh, I know I've, I've been religious. I've played church. I've, I've, I've acted like a goat and told everybody I was a sheep. I've done it all, trust me. Okay, but the end of it is death. It's lifeless, it's fruitless, it's hopeless, and it's no good. But Jesus brings hey, life. Christopher. Yes. Um, why don't you, before you go off the air, play for, pray for Prophet Sharita. Okay, we got Prophet Sharita on there. Yes, Barry. I think it's Barry. Uh, Barry, yeah, Barry. Sharita Berry. Um, okay. She's got a five-fold ministry, and she uh, works in deliverance. So uh, I, I would definitely like to hear you pray over her before we go off the air tonight, and I'm sure she would appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Let me do this. I'm going to just wrap up. Um, bottom line is this. I'm going to take 30 seconds, and we're going to pray for Providence Sharita. God wants us to begin to heed the word of the Lord. Okay, we don't live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if you're not receiving the words that are proceeding out of the mouth of God, then you're not living. You're not experiencing the fullness that God wants for you. So let's do this. I'm going to pray uh, for everybody real quick uh, to seal this word. Briefly, we're going to pray for Providence Sharita. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just ask 
that you would seal this word in everyone's hearts. Father, that your word would go forth and accomplish everything that it purposed to do. Father, that you would work in your people, Father, a heart for your word. That you'd help us all to hide your word in our hearts so we don't sin against you, Father. Help us to hide your word in our hearts so it can fulfill everything that you purposed it to do in our lives. We just give you the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Prophet Sharita, just want to just pray for you right now, and uh, we'll just see where this goes. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just pray for Prophet Sharita right now, Lord God, and I just declare, Father, no weapon formed or fashioned against her or her ministry or her family will prosper or stand. And I just declare right now, greater is he, the Holy Spirit, within her than he that's in the world. And, Father, I just want to declare right now your light over her, Father God, expelling all darkness. I just declare right now against every negative attack, even those that have risen up against her with negative words, even those that have risen up against her, even to speak against her ministry, even those that have uh, tried to bring a division and I don't know what's going on right now, but I just feel like I'm supposed to pray this over you right now, sister. So if you're listening, I'm speaking to those that have caused division, that have caused schism, that have caused, uh, tried to stop and pervert and even abort, hinder the, the move of God through your life. People have spoken words against the things of God in your life that have uh, at times made you want to draw back, made you want to go back even those that are close to you, even those that walked with you. And the Lord says that he just is using these things to draw you closer to himself. And the Lord says he's sending you help from on high. The Lord says that he is going to begin to surround you with a new company of men and women, people that will hold up your hands uh, when you're weary, people that will walk with you when you go through those desert times. And the, the Lord is calling people to to support and to send help from on high. And so I just speak to you right now and tell you, don't be weary in well-doing, sister. You're going to reap a harvest if you faint not. And I see the Lord as you press through, as you press through some of this uh, oppression and some of this uh, the 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 people that are speaking against your ministry. Uh, the Lord says that there is reward. On the horizon that if you'll just dig your heels in And you keep pressing in That there's a reward coming And I just declare to you right now uh, Don't be discouraged By what you see in the natural But just trust the Lord with what he's told you Stand on the word of the Lord With what he's given you And what he's told you in Jesus name And so um, Father I just pray over Prophetess Sharita Berry right now In Jesus name Lord I pray Father that you would bless her ministry, Father, that you would bless, Lord God. You said, Lord, every tongue that rises up against her would be condemned, that every weapon uh, formed or fashioned against her would not prosper. But you said that she has an inheritance because she's a child of the Most High God. So we just call in her inheritance right now in Jesus' name and just declare that you will apprehend your inheritance as you will take heed and hearken to the voice of the Lord. And you will reap a harvest if you faint not. So don't be weary in well-doing. So God bless you, sister. All right, praise God. Well, brother, uh, if you can see the chat room, if there's anybody else that needs prayer, um, we'll just keep rolling with it. 
Uh, how about um, how about um, ARC Studios? All right. Well, Father, we just um, pray for ARC Studios. Lord, we just ask, Lord God, your blessing, Father God, upon them. Lord God, we pray, Lord, your will be done in your kingdom come, Father. Pray that you would just reveal the truth of Jesus to their hearts, Lord. The Father, they would have an encounter with the Most High God. I pray that this year would be a year of encounters for everyone that's involved in ARC Studios, Lord, that you would just bring people from the north, south, east, and west across their paths, that you would just bring people through their lives and bring them around people, Lord God, and bring them into an encounter with the Most High God. I pray, Lord God, that you'd reveal yourself in spirit and in truth and in power and demonstration. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, anybody else? Let's see here. Um, amen, amen. Amen. Um, well, I know Professor Sherry or Sherita Berry, anyone that has a gift of deliverance. <laughs> always yeah. think of Henry. Always think of Henry Malone. Um, me and Papa Moses was just from Cameroon. We went to uh, Sister Israel's deliverance in Houston, Texas, and everyone from the Houston area came in because not everyone has that gift. Um, I think it's the janitor. It may not be, but I think it's it's, it's a gift. That it's like a, the janitor of ministry. Uh, it takes a awesome, awesome, strong person to do. Deliverance. Um, it seems like it to me. I may be wrong. Forgive me uh, if that may offend somebody, but you know it's it's definitely not like the gift of healing. I promise you. <laughs> you walk away, they're healed. Yeah. Deliverance. You know, you're still just sitting there, and there, there, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff is going on. You know, Hallelujah. Yeah, you got to uh, have that patience long suffering. Amen. You know, that's 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 when the fruit of the spirit's gotta really kick in. You need patience, long suffering and self control to do deliverance. Praise God. And and a, a, a extra portion of grace. So we just share that every uh, prophet with that now. Uh, uh an extra portion of grace, self control, uh long suffering, endurance and uh just that uh just the Lord would gird you up uh in in your mind. Uh, to come against all those powers of darkness. We just plead the blood of Jesus over you, and we pray strength in Jesus' name. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Paul, I just had to do that real quick. So, amen. Now, it's, uh, you know, you're not a granola Christian uh, involved with deliverance. We just pray that a thousand may fall at her side and a ten thousand fall at her right side during her deliverance. Um and God, we just pray a Psalms 91 hedge of protection over you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says if two or three shall gather, that because Jesus goes to the Father, it will be done. Period. Amen. We love you, sister. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, we got about one minute, so uh, I'm just going to wrap up. Um, if you're listening, this is Prayer International Radio. Uh, my name is Chris. We've also got Brother Paul on the platform. You can contact us at www.prayerinternational.org. 
It's our website, and our email address is prayerinternational at gmail.com. If you need to call in, our call number is 619-638-8458. Obviously, you'll have to do that tomorrow because we are signing off. Just want to speak a blessing over you, and we will be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. God bless you.